0: Thank you, great. are we on we're good okay, great okay, good morning well um i'm really looking forward to this um, as you will see i've kind of taken a bit of a bold step to talk about something that I believe is really important for I would say the vast majority of us sat in this room. Um, I believe that this uh, word, this challenge um, is from the Holy Spirit, and I believe that it will challenge a lot of us around the modern world we live in, but I believe it is a major source of marginalizing uh, thousands of people, and my heart is that you will be open to his Holy Spirit to allow these words to rest with you and to be open to what God might have to say to you. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Okay, Luke 4, verse 16, it says this. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as he was custom as was his custom he stood up to read and the scroll of a prophet Isaiah was handed to him unrolling it he found a place where it is written. The spirit of the the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus has the power to release any captive. Jesus has the power to release any captive. To bring anyone who is marginalized, locked up in prison, back into the main stream. Back in to life, into freedom, back into relationship with him. He desires that we would relate primarily to him. He's saying, I am the one who can release you and make sure that you're not locked away, that you can live in a real world. There will be people here today, many people here today who need this. And as a church, we want to be a church that is open and honest around the issues that affect us in the society that we live in. I believe that the Holy Spirit, as I prepared for this, has really challenged me um, in the area of how we can be marginalised through this modern world that we live in. Which I believe is actually already marginalising millions of people. And the truth is, I think they don't, and perhaps some of us don't realise just how marginalised we can be. That the impact of being isolated will eventually have on us, on our families, on our friends and ultimately that their living in freedom and living the life that God has for them could be and has been and can be significantly affected by this world that we live in. Marginalised, as I looked and investigated and researched, basically means... Um, Not being on the main page. It means being separated from the main story. Being outside, being on the edges. And many people are marginalized by habits and addictions. If you have a a habit or an addiction or something that's hidden, something that you are ashamed of, something that's not right, that will marginalize you. It will marginalize you from God. The guilt and the shame it will isolate you from families and friends. it will affect relationships of spouses, children, friends, and also with god and Today, I want to focus on on one however, as I speak, I am believing that the Holy Spirit will bring his work um, his word if you will let him across the wider sense of Addictions, dependencies and life affecting habits that I'm sure many of us have. I believe that the internet, social media, emails and the sheer scale of the way our lives are literally assaulted by information and the connectivity is leading many to become marginalized you don't know how pleased i am with those amens thank you i think many don't see it for what it is my experience has been that it's something that's easy to deny and it can be very subtle in the way it slowly is marginalizing people so first of all before you think he's old and a fuddy-duddy. And just ranting, I know you are all thinking that. Okay, here we go. There is nothing wrong with the internet. There's nothing wrong with Facebook. I'm not on it, but I'm sure it's okay. <laughs> There's nothing up with WhatsApp, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. They, in themselves, in themselves they're just a platform. All this co- connectivity we have has massive positive impacts. Personally, being able to keep in touch with family and with friends on the other side of the world, adding to our existing friendship group as a family, finding new people, connecting, interests. And it's great to have all this information available. Emails are a brilliant thing. All this is an amazing servant, but it makes a lousy master. It makes a lousy master, but it is a brilliant servant. And it's you who decides. Whether you are the master of it, or whether it is a servant of you. And as hopefully you will see, I believe that the word, yeah, speaks of that. Anything that controls your life, anything that isolates you, needs to be dealt with. Or at the very least, it needs to be kept at bay. It needs to be acknowledged as an issue that you need to be willing as individuals and as families and friends to face. The pace and scale of information and the connectivity, the demands of the world is greater, I believe, than any other time in our history. In the last 15 years, my world, your world, has exploded with stuff. Everyone carries within their pocket immediate access to all areas, access to overwhelming information, a click here on a photo, a click here on a link. A bottomless, endless, never-ending news, 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 information, information, connectivity with hundreds of people in the first 10 minutes of being awake, thousands over a day, access to everything. And there are things in the internet that it can be so easy to be drawn into and quite frankly overwhelming. So many people spend a huge part of their lives not in the life that they're in. Neglecting the world in front of them, the life in front of them. And although they may feel bizarrely, massively connected, I believe in fact they are significantly marginalising themselves from the main page. Which is the life you're in, the place you're in right now and as you go through your life. While, search, while researching uh, this, I discovered a new word and a new phrase. By the way, I'm, it's not unusual for me to discover new words. Be encouraged. <laughs> but I just came across this. We were doing it with Lizzie and working through it together. And it said, it talked about living vicariously. Okay? And the dangers of it. And I believe that this is a new phenomenon, a growing phenomenon. Listen to what it means. It means living your life through others, through their experiences. Their thoughts, their emotions, their holiday, their new sofa, their breakfast. Trust me, trust me, I've seen some of it. Their egg, their egg, their egg in the morning, their egg. This is my egg. Wow, what an egg. That egg, okay, Okay, that egg is their egg in their life. You need to do your own. Egg. Okay, thank you. Thank you. People have got to go with me on this one. It could be. Yes, I'm going to keep going. Are we all right? Okay. It means that your life experiences are based on watching and hearing about others rather than doing life yourself. Jesus wants you to be real. We are designed, created to live in the reality of the world we are in. This one. Where you are. Who you are with. To engage and relate with real people, to feel our own feelings, to live a life, to live a life alive, to have space, to rest, to engage with who we are and have the rhythms of life and relationship that are beneficial and that keep us and draw us to God. As you can imagine, looking for scriptures on what Jesus said about WhatsApp created somewhat of a challenge for me, Okay? Okay, so I've made me own up. So this is one Johnny boy three, verse seven. Okay, can you put that phone down for a few moments, unless you're running the country and be in the room around the table. It's like living with a bunch of zombies. Let's do something together. Let's talk. I'm not looking at my kids here. Let's walk. <laughs> Let's think. Let's discuss our lives instead of being on our phone. I'm not interested in others. I'm interested in you. Please don't marginalize yourself. I want to know what you think. Talk to me. I am we going to say amen after that because it isn't in the Bible. Okay? We, we're going to use social media to get this out. So ironically... However, however, um, yeah, I love it when it was a challenge. This has been, um, Lizzie will uh, testify to this, for us, uh, this has been, uh, yeah, definitely a a struggle. uh, Hence the time with Ed over the weekend and myself and Lizzie working this. However, um, I prayed and searched and and went looking and said, God, please bring something of your word alive for the 21st century for us all today with where we are. And I hope you'll be encouraged that uh, his Holy Spirit and his word Did not disappoint and uh, I felt very much as you will see that the message version did speak a language that could be more easily related to this. But I would encourage you to look at these scriptures across the other versions. They're saying the same thing but these speak more directly. The New Testament does refer to this, to our world, to our relationship with Christ. That being engaged in the kingdom of God does speak to us regarding the challenges of isolation and being marginalized from the real world. I'll let you be the judge. One John two fifteen to seventeen. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love the world love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world. Wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all it's wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set free, is set for eternity. I believe that we can be isolated from God. Where is all this social media going? What's the real benefit of so much that goes on? Can you remember anything last week that you received... That we were connected to from, a cyber, from the cyber world that's really challenged you, affected you, made you think, it made you relate to the people around you more. What time have you lost which you could have been more fruitful in relationships, brought some depth and deeper meaning to your challenges and difficulties? What's been swept under the carpet because you can go online? Yes, there are some great teachings and some great podcasts, of which this will be one of them. (laughs) Yeah, I had to get over that one. There are some great Twitter accounts to follow. Mine. There's Bible in One Year. But if you follow mine, you'll be wondering where I go. You'll wonder where I've gone for hours or days. Because I'm not on it all the time. It's a tool, it's a great servant, but it's not a great master. When you look at being drawn into a hundred people's lives, getting drawn into the minutiae of other people's worlds, following thousands, WhatsApp, Celebrity World, Instagram, Snapchat, the seemingly endless tirade of look at me, you need to look at this, you need to look at this, look at this, this is good, watch this, watch this, listen to this. It's into your front rooms, it's in your meal tables, it's when you're walking, sleeping, every walking day this is something to watch something to read something to respond to and it locks people up and people are becoming addicted to this we're going to do a test at the end or you're going to do a test at the end 1 Corinthians 7:17 7, oh, i love this don't be wishing you were somewhere else or with someone else where you are at, where you are right now is god's place For you. Okay? Where you are right now. Having a coffee with your wife, having a beer with your friends, going to a football match. 3 1. Sorry, people online, that's Bradford 1 3 1 on Saturday. Live and obey and love and believe right there. Right there. And we are isolating ourselves and putting ourselves on the margin of all that by being drawn incessantly, continually and ever increasingly into the world of what everyone else is doing in their life and in their world. I will occasionally lose it a little bit um, a little bit at home, uh, around some of this stuff, and it might seem as if I don't care, and the truth is, I don't. OK. <laughs> you know when you have you, have you heard this have you heard this have you heard this have you heard this do you know this do you want this do you know this this is happening this is happening I just go I don't care not that I don't care about the people but what part of getting to know something about some random person that you're not ever going to meet is going to be able to help that person whereas if I hear something of a friend or somebody at a church or somebody who needs help then I can go in person and get involved and help and be and have a meal and pray and talk so I'm not interested I want to live in this life and so do you but we get drawn into it thinking we're designed to live a real life in a here and now. Yes, connected to community and with other real living, real interacting, real fearing people, experiencing all God has for us. To do this, we need to be in the world we're in right now. We need to stop, listen, talk, think. Our relationship with Christ requires time and space, thought, quiet, engagement on what's happening inside us. We need to be thinking about people around us and the needs and the situations and you cannot do that if your life is obsessed and completely overwhelmed with other things. How many people pray in a morning for 10 minutes or how many people go on Facebook in a morning for 10 minutes? How many people are reading the word and engaging with a friend or a family member or a child or a wife or a partner around the breakfast table or stood listening to about someone else's egg? Seriously, the It is funny, but it really isn't that funny, is it? Are we doing more prayer because of this or less prayer because of it? What's the first thing you pick up in the morning, your Bible or your phone? What's the last thing you do on a night, your Bible or your phone? What's the last thing you do, speak to your partner? What's the thing you do when the kids... What is your life? How has this stuff got so ingrained into us that we think it's okay to do this? Well, I'm challenging you that I don't think it is okay, and I don't think it's good for you, and I don't think it's good for for society... Because I think it's marginalising us. We're all becoming more individual on our own little space. What I think, you think, what I think is important. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Come on, Tarzan. Thank you, brother. It's one clap, even if you don't agree. It's normally customary to join in, but I'll keep going. (laughs) Me and Lizzie have been doing a a teaching series. So basically, we've had uh, we've been we walked the Dales Way. Some of the things about the Dales Way were amazing. Eighty-four miles, Lizzie did. I was amazed by the fact that we did it, but. We had three days in the middle of it where there was no phone signal. There was no, there was no internet. And there was no one else. So we looked around for other people to talk to. <laughs> and we talked. And we talked. And we prayed. And we talked. And we just had some space. Now I'm not suggesting we all go and do the Dales Way next week. But what I'm trying to say is when you haven't got that stuff. It's easy, but the truth is you've got that stuff. So you've got to decide not to have that stuff. You've got to say, no, we're going to be in the world we're in. Because people are being increasingly marginalised from not only their own life, but from their walk with God and their relationship with God. It takes time and effort to have a relationship with God. It really, really does. Um, People, um, fear of missing out. The way emails have followed us home, followed us into weekend. I think of my father who, uh, yeah, had a a good job with a lot going on. But he he didn't come home and have 55 meetings all night and have thousands of conversations with hundreds of people. He came home and built a train set or we chilled out or, you know what I mean? Emails are amazing, Master but they're a terrible servant. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Emails are a terrible master, but an amazing servant. Amen. So I don't have emails on my phone. I don't do emails when I go home unless I decide to do them for a set period and then I take the time. Do you know what I mean? It just, everybody, and also we have to release each other. Can we stop expecting everybody to reply to everything the minute you send it? People say things to me like, oh, are you all right? You, you, didn't, you didn't come back to me last night. I was worried about you. I said, what? Why worry about me? I'm gardening. I'm fine. Do you know what I mean? We've got to stop expecting it. Because we think everybody else is doing it, so we should do it. I believe contentment. Uh, sorry, I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll go back to this. Um, this media, I, I did some research. This is pretty shocking stuff about society, a bit broader. So this, uh, this was in April 15. Uh, social media is now a factor in one in seven divorces. It's actually named on the divorce papers. New research found that one in seven married individuals, so that's a lot of people, have considered divorce because their spouses' postings on social media. One in five say they have daily rows because of social media. This is evidence-based stuff. It's on the internet. Go look. It's even more frightening. You can now serve divorce papers on Facebook. Yep, survey after survey has found that photo sharing, apps, social media, negatively impact people's body image, sleep and fear of missing out. Much can lead to low esteem and mental health issues. I believe it's no coincidence that there's been an explosion in mental health challenges, especially amongst young, that mirrors precisely the rise of the digital age. So it's not just what we think, it's actually true. It's actually true, this is going on and we're in it. Don't think we're out of it because we're in church, let me tell you. I've seen people on Facebook during sermons in this church. I've seen people answering texts while sermons in this church. I've seen people on Twitter during worship. I'm not going to ask you to stand up if you've been on any of those since you came in. So don't think we're as bad as the world in this old can be. In December 2009, 20% of behavior petitions. That's basically we write down why. So this is one in five then. Uh, The reasons for the divorce can turn Facebook as a word. And basically that percentage jumped to a third over two years. So it's over a third now. This is real stuff. This is actually breaking people's lives apart. This is breaking marriages and friendships and relationships with children and spouses, husbands and wives. It's not just a thing to do that's nice. It's actually affecting us. We're isolating ourselves from it this. Matthew 23, 11 to 12. Do you want to stand out? Then step down, be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. Be yourself. The constant comparing with everybody else's cyber image, which by the way is not true. That egg is probably cut and pasted. Seriously. Everybody thinks everybody else is doing really well because everybody's telling everybody else they're doing really well. Well, how encouraging is that? It's not because you then feel you're not doing well but everybody else has got everything and anything. Well, that's not true. They probably haven't. And even if they have, so what? You. We're isolating ourselves. We are. Be yourselves. Be content. Enjoy the simple things in life are worth pursuing. Meals with friends. Fellowship. Reading the words. Praying with God. We need space to relate to Him. To consider our... Actions, our lifestyle. How can you do this when we're going at a hundred miles an hour? We should slow down. Jeremiah two twenty-five. I of this. Slow down. A word for you all this morning. Slow down. Take a breath. What's the hurry? Why wear yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? But you say I can't help it. I'm addicted to alien gods. I can't quit. So Jeremiah wrote that a long, long time before we had what we've got. But I believe that that prophecy is relevant to ourselves by his Holy Spirit. It's made real. And I can certainly, I could apply that to what I've seen and what I know of people in the area of addictions and dependencies and particularly the social media stuff. It's just, but we don't think we're addicted. We just think we're like everybody else. Well, maybe everybody else is addicted as well. Maybe we don't feel isolated because nobody else feels isolated. Well, maybe they are isolated and maybe you, by his Holy Spirit, need to hear it first. That you are isolating yourself. You are marginalising yourself through this stuff. Social media gives opportunity to get addicted to the world's gods. It promotes primarily fame and wealth and celebrity. And it just seeps into your life. People don't even know that it's not right Somehow it seems seems acceptable now to be in a meeting of eight people in a room, one I was in recently, and do your emails. I'm telling you now, that's not acceptable. If you're going to do your emails, leave the meeting and go out and do your emails. People literally, you can see the color of the screen on their faces. It's called the Facebook light up. And the face goes from to oh Facebook. Let's find out what somebody else is doing. Let's not find out what anybody else is doing. Let's find out what the people in your room are doing. Okay, I'm not going to go all fuddy duddy. If I do, I want some shouting from the kids. I'm not all fuddy duddy. Just being real. Okay, put them away. Space, reflection. Not being in the world you're in. Two examples of this recently. Um, one funny and yeah funny, and the other. It's really sad. So I'm a Bradford City supporter, I'm in the cop. I'm five rows down, fifth row on, and I'm surrounded by other people watching a football match. And the guy in front of me, okay, um, at the last match, he was nearly as bad this match, believe, believe me, you know, for the whole match, was not looking up at the pitch. He was looking down at his phone. He was following what Sky News were telling him about the match <laughs> that was in front of him. He was clicking on Sky Sports updates of people being given yellow cards. And we'd seen him have a yellow card two minutes before. And he finally got to a point where I just thought, this is priceless for my preach. (laughs) He went, he was so bored, but still on his phone. He went on Google Maps to find out where he was. (laughs) It was like this... To tell him where he was. He was in the middle of hundreds of people screaming Bradford City. <laughs> That's marginalised. That's isolated. That's not engaging with the people he came with. That's not right and we should fight it. Emails, everything. Yeah. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Are you tired and worn out? Burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. To walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill fit in on you. Keep company with me. Jesus is saying... And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Yeah. I want to live yeah. more free and more lightly. Mm-hmm. I just do. We're going to need wisdom to work our way through this. This thing is here to stay. It's going to be an amazing servant. But we can't let it be a master. And we as individuals need to be a catalyst for God's spirit to give us the wisdom for the boundaries. And the language. And the time and the space to sit down as couples and individuals. To talk to someone about this stuff. And ask so, we're going to do a little nine questions to undercover and identify your addiction or habits. So, we're not... By the way, the real sense uh, is great. Um, we prayed for earlier. Um, this is not as an opportunity to... We're not, there's not something to reveal things to everybody else. This is to allow God's grace to sweep things away. Amen? Everybody okay with this? This is just you. Uh, if, you're with, uh, yeah, if you're with someone and uh, you think they are a yes... We are allowing nudges. (laughs) All right. So, if you're with a child, if you're next to anybody, and they they are this, and they go right, just so we're allowing gentle nudges. Everybody okay with gentle? I want to see them. Little list. Right. Okay. So here we go. Number one: Is social media used heavily integrated in your daily routine? Just a question: Is it heavily integrated into your daily routine? You decide. It's not for you to. Just think about that one and start counting them on your fingers as you get a one. Okay, you know what heavily integrated means. Be honest, it's not fair. Do you check social media kind of the first thing in the morning, last thing at night? Some nudges going on. Do you rely on social media as a source of excitement? Or to cope with boredom? No, looking at anybody, I can't nudge anybody. I'm not there like this flowers I was there. Do you feel the need to use social media and feel edgy or anxious when you can't? That's a really good one, that. You know, you just... Oh yeah, do I need to look? What's that, Facebook, WhatsApp, Facebook WhatsApp, what's happening, what's happening? Do I need to look? Do you feel... Um, sorry, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. Do you feel you need to and feel edgy? Number five. Do you attempt to quit or reduce social media, and, uh, media use and fail? That's quite an interesting one. You go, okay, I'm not going to go on it. And you just do. <laughs> Keep counting. After, how often do you check in on social media? Hourly or more? That's a cracker. Do you spend at least four hours a day on social media? And before you go, no, my challenge would be to you to. There are some apps you can do this, or you could just do it, adding it up. Just start adding up how long you spend on social, how long you spend on your phone a day. That four hours will suddenly not seem what you think it seems now. I don't do four hours. Trust me. You go have a go. You'll find a lot of people spend a lot more time and so, are you ignoring your friends and family? Maybe you can't answer that. Maybe they can nudge you now. Okay? And the answer is: if four or more of those questions point, if you're yes to four or more, so I think we've got some high scorers in the room. Yeah? So if you've got four or more, this is research stuff, yeah? We've made this up, it's been on, been on we've researched it. Then you are, you, you're starting to have a problem. And if you're up in the six and the sevens, you've got a real problem. If you're on eight, you're probably on Facebook now not listening, so you'll probably be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus wants us to be free. Um, I've kept it light, because I think it is important on a subject like this to keep it light, but there are a multitude of dependencies, habits, addictions I was really felt uh, a real sense of God's confirmation, Josie, when you brought that word around the wider sense of things you do in your life that are isolating you. That list, I thought, was fantastic. And this is a broad subject, everybody okay, but it's a subject that we all need to be real about, not just from uh, what I've spoken about, but in the habit of not spending time with people you should spend time with, in the habit of not being generous with your time. Um... Are you in the habit of not prioritizing the right people and the right things? Are you in the habit of not praying? Are you in the habit of not reading your word? Are you in the habit of not seeking God's wisdom? Are you in the habit of... There's a very broad very broad sense to this life controlling thing. And ultimately, as we said at the beginning, Jesus has the power to release all of us from our addictions and our dependencies. He has the power. It is available to every single person who knows him as their personal saviour. It is available to you today. So we're going to go in a few moments into a a time of ministry, a time of reflection. I just want to go through um, just these. This is the journey that I felt we should all begin. Number one, I think you should admit that you've got a problem. I think you should admit if you've got a problem. Not to me, not here, but to someone. We've got a prayer team today that's available, ready to go. You should sit down with someone and say you've got a problem. You should want to change that problem. You should bring it into the open and make it accountable. I've seen a fantastic example of that recently, personally, where someone came to me and was open and asked to be accountable. Fantastic stuff to do. It's the journey of being released. Realize that Perhaps you can't solve it yourself and you do need help and you do need Jesus. Open to deal with the impact of your habits, to say sorry to people who you've hurt or harmed and primarily to say sorry to God and has for his grace and forgiveness to release you. Jesus wants you to be free. He wants you to be free. And the final verse, which again, I'd love this. 1 Peter 1 verse 2. And this is for all of you. If you know Christ, that you have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Christ Jesus and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Let me pray for you, and then Ed will lead us. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your love for each of us. Thank you for your understanding and knowledge of everything, everything that isolates us and marginalizes us from the world that we're in and the world you want us to enjoy. Thank you that as your Holy Spirit, we've opened ourselves to you. You've spoken to us. You've believe you've done some business this morning with us, and we we want that business to continue, Father. We want to really deal with some of these issues. We want your wisdom as how to deal with the marginalizing of ourselves and others through the the internet and social media. We need the wisdom to set correct boundaries, to work with our children, to work with our friends and husbands and wives. We need your wisdom. We need your grace. We need your forgiveness. And we need to be released from the prisons that we're in. And we believe that you can release us. Holy Spirit, please be with us and help us. And let this not just be a Sunday morning. Let this go forward. Let freedom in Christ be full on Monday with people saying, I want to be free in Christ. Let the ladies' group on Wednesday be full of people saying, I want to find freedom. Let us be a people who are open and honest about our challenges and difficulties and allow you to heal us. In Jesus' name, amen.